0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: What's up, everyone? How are we all doing? It's been a minute, but Equal Play is back and better than ever. And when considering how to kick off season two of this podcast, I thought who better to have on than the champ himself, head coach and general manager of the Chicago Sky, James Wade. James, thanks so much for joining us on Equal Play.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Congratulations on the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, You know, you and I are often talking in in very serious settings, so I figured this was perfect to, to get a little light with things and the point of this podcast was really always to share the insight that I am so privileged to receive from just, you know, speaking with individuals like yourself on a daily basis. The wisdom that gets relayed to me just being a journalist, I was like, you know, this isn't fair. I got to I got to pass some of this on to to some other people. So. Before we get into like the X's and O's of this season, I wanted to ask you about your career, both as a player and a coach. And I wanted to start by asking you how your coaching journey began. You said on multiple occasions, you maybe didn't see yourself as, as this ultra successful coach in this sphere. So when did it hit you that you could have a career like you're having now?
0: Wow, that's that's a great question. When did it hit me that I could have a career. Like I, it never has. Um, I think, uh, as a player, um, I wasn't very, you know, good. I was okay, but I wasn't very good. And so, you know, as a player, I think I always thought ahead, like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to play in the NBA. I want to play in Euro league. I want to play in this league. I want to go here. I wanna, And so you always think ahead and you kind of don't enjoy the moment as much. And kind of just be in that moment. And you work really hard. You work really hard. But sometimes it's just not in the plans. And and so because I worked so hard and I didn't understand, it was like you were moving in mud. You didn't understand, like, okay, why am I I not getting to where I want to go? Because I work harder than anybody I know. And so that's how I always felt. Like, why am I not getting there? And I never compared myself to anybody. I just always felt that. And what I didn't know is that it was getting me ready for this, you know. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to coach, when I got the opportunity to intern, first of all, uh, this was something that was just brought to me. Like, we want to use you as an intern and you'll be over player development and this and that. And so what, you know, so what, what, what I thought it meant was like, what, I, what initially I thought it meant was like getting people water and wiping up the floor and doing all this stuff was actually a real position where I would actually work on my coaching skills by, you know, uh, being a player development coach for us, for players. And that's something that I, from that day, I stayed in the moment. I just, you know, attacked each day. Like, you know, I never looked ahead. And um, I thought I was probably going to be an intern for like three years or whatever. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, cool. I love it. I can't wait to come back next year. I hope they bring me back next year. Like, that was the thing at the end of the season. And um, he called me and was like, hey, we want to bring you on as an assistant coach. And I was, I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. So this is amazing. So, so then once, you know, uh, I was like, I, I have to do a great job because I, I want to be assistant coach here forever. Like, I could have stayed at the San Antonio Stars being assistant coach for, like, ever. It was like my, it was my dream job. Like every day. Right. So, you know, they signed me back again, and then he called me, and I was ready to sign back again. He's like, you know what? I want to give you more money. I was like, what? Like <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> like you wouldn't even believe. It. I was like, he want to give me more money. Like, and it was like, uh, I don't know. It was a few thousand dollars, but it felt like a million. And I was like, right. man, we're we're gonna do this forever. Like, oh my gosh, and. Um, he, you know, Dan decided to retire. I did that with him for four years. And so I was like, man, it was good while it lasted. And um I had, like so my contract wasn't renewed. And and so I thought I was like gonna be out of the WNBA. And so I was like getting ready to do something else. <laughs> I was ready to like, I don't know, I was gonna coach uh, in Europe or something like maybe a second division team or something like that. If I could, I didn't know if it was going to be possible, but I was going to try. And, uh, yeah. And, and after that, it's, it's like, I, I got with Minnesota, I got with this, the powerhouse Euroleague team and all in the same week, you know, I signed with them all in the same week and it's just, it's just, it just all started happening so quickly. And, you know, won a couple of titles in Europe, won a title in Minnesota and everything just, I don't want to say snowball went down, but it just went up from there. And um, yeah, it was just crazy. I, it was crazy. It's been a crazy ride, but you know, I, I, I never look ahead and say, I want to do this next, or like, I'm very happy uh, where I am. And, you know, I just, I just stay in the moment so much. And I've been in the moment for the last nine or 10 years. Like I have just been in the moment. And so I, I don't know how to, I don't know what to say about that, but it's, it's definitely a gratifying feeling just being in a moment like, like we are.
1: So for the WNBA rookies listening, James is talking about Dan Hughes and the San Antonio stars where he started his WNBA career. And, you know, a big takeaway for me from, from just listening to you talk about your career and learning from your career is, was alignment. And what happens when we're aligned with, with what we're supposed to be aligned with and you know you talked about it, it wasn't it wasn't like you were you were thinking too far ahead or or trying to plan out the perfect the perfect path to this WNBA championship that you just accomplished with the Chicago Sky but you were aligned with with what was what was meant for you and you know, the rest is history. And that's saying, obviously there's a lot that goes into that. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, (laughs) a lot of time, a lot of commitment, but what can you say about that feeling of alignment and what happens when you are aligned with what you're, what you're supposed to be aligned with?
0: It's a, it's a, it's a crazy feeling. Okay. Um, As a basketball player, you're searching, you're searching, searching, and you make, like, headway, Mm
1: -hmm. some
0: headway in in certain things. But as far as coaching is concerned, um, it's indescribable. um, uh, The feeling that I have, like, when I'm in a huddle or um, when I make an adjustment, it's just something inside you that kind of just goes, And you just can't describe it. And so when you see something or when your instincts kind of naturally take over, um, you trust them. And a lot of work goes into it. Like hard work goes into it where you're consistently or constantly like in debating yourself on the inside. Okay. And then your instincts take over and you just trust it. Mm -hmm. And it's, And it's something that has actually grown. Like it was like a little ball when I was an assistant and it's like continued to grow. Um, So you build trust within yourself like over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And stuff that you say I messed up, um, you know, like you can mess up with the way you coach people or you can mess up with uh, play at the end of of the game or you can just mess up but you quickly learn from it and you can apply it and you don't lose confidence in yourself because you know what it takes. And I don't know, it's, I'm trying to explain it the best way I can, but I feel very aligned <laughs> with who I am and I've only become more and more aligned with that as the time has uh, passed. And so I, and I mean, it's, it's affected everything. It, it affected my confidence in this team and uh, it affected how I felt when I got this job, you know, like um, this isn't. And I'm trying to be as humble as possible, but it's, it, it wasn't a surprise for me that we would win.
1: Listen, we don't got to be humble on this show. Like this isn't, this isn't for print. This isn't for, for edit, you know, for Twitter. This is a podcast and you could be as humble or as unhumble as you want to be on here, James. No,
0: I, I, no, I can't. I, <laughs> hey, I love, I, I love Muhammad Ali's like one of my favorite people who's ever lived and I'm so anti-Muhammad Ali. It's like crazy. <laughs> but, I, but I love, I wish I could just like, like, you know, be that way. But yeah, nah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I,
1: I think uh, everybody that's followed you really appreciates you as a coach and as a person and, and your personality. I, I guess I could only speak for myself, but you just have this like very relatable quality to you that, that anybody anywhere can, can relate to you on, on some level. And I think it's, it's drawn people to the Chicago sky and to this team and and what you guys did this year. And I know we're going to get to the championship season, obviously, but before we go there, you know, Dan Hughes did in an interview I I had with him, he talked about your ability in player development and he said, you were one of the best and that he's ever seen and coached, worked with and I just wonder, you know, what goes into that? Because when you're dealing with professional athletes, there's, there's all different personalities, egos, all kinds of things that have to be considered in order to bring out the best in a person. And and that's in any industry, you know, to bring out the best in a person, so much has to be considered and, and thought through and planned for. So how, how do, did you become so good in this, in this area of player development?
0: I, it was, it's weird. I, I, will tell you what happened. So I, will go in stages. So I had no idea. It was 2012. I was an intern.
1: Uh
0: huh. And, and, um, my, my wife was playing in the Olympics.
1: Which those and, of you that don't know, James Wade's yeah. wife is Edvige Lawson Wade. She's a silver medalist in France, yeah. a freaking yeah. icon, literally the most, one of the most <laughs> iconic women I've ever spoken to in my life. So just so you know, it's V Be- James is Edvige's husband. That's yeah, exactly.
0: How I- <laughs> that's, that's how it is in France. Like I, nobody knows me. Like when I go to France, like we're walking and she's signing autographs and I'm holding the camera, taking pictures of the people literally her, so. she's
1: she's a rock star yeah. so anyway sorry to interrupt you james
0: so and it it, it happened and it's clear Since is um it was my first year as an intern I'm player development and so when i was offered the job in late 2011 early 2012 you know i would watch video and see how i would at this point i'm not i don't know anything i'm not working anybody out so i'm like okay what what do i do Uh Um, and so what, um, the only people I work out is when me and my wife would do, you know, workouts together and stuff like that. I didn't take any pride in it. I was just trying to get better and, uh, trying to make sure to help her get better too. And, and so she, she would have a camp for the professional players in France. And, um, before I went over, before I went, you know, to the States, Um, we, you know, got a, a guy, an American, you know, player development coach, and he, she was going to pay for him to come, uh, to work out her, the professional players in France that were, you know, going to do that over the summer. And because it was right before the Olympics, it was right before the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was in San Antonio and the guy who she hired couldn't do it. And so, because it was during the Olympics, we got a break. Like, we got a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to go back to France. And she was like, I can't find anybody. And I was like, well, you know, why don't I do, it? you know? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that'll be good. That'll be great. And plus you're, you're in uh you're, you're a WNBA coach. So we can, you know, sell it like that. It's cool. But the thing is, it was like a whole bunch of people that I knew. Like, and so it was like, but, you know, and I was like, well, I'm an intern, but hey, whatever. You know? And so. Um, I, when I left and I was able to go there for the seven to 10 days that we have, we had off, I was able to actually run it and actually put, do stuff that I didn't know that I could do. Mm -hmm. And my wife, she, she went to the Olympic store at the end of the camp. Um, she called me, you know, from London and was like, like, I had no idea, um, the players all called me and they told me like how great you were. And I was like, for real, like, really? And she was like, yeah, I had no idea that like, I could have just hired you in the first place. You know, we could have just, and I was like, look, I didn't know either, but we were, it was just things that were, wasn't anything crazy, but just things that you can apply to a game. And that's all that like, you know, just stuff that you apply to a game. Uh, Your footwork, your, you know, how, how to get your shot up and, you know, doing things that, you know, that you're doing games and taking risks and just figuring out who you are and what makes you a ba- better basketball player. When I got back to San Antonio, um, the players commented on how they no- noticed that I was more confident and I, you know, was more, you know, my tone was different. And so I thought, I think it goes in phases. Mm -hmm. By the time I got to Minnesota, I was really locked into that role. And so when she told me that I would be working out with Sylvia Fowles, that, that would be like one of the players that I would help or, you know, be responsible for. It took me two months to actually watch all of her clips Uh and kind of study them and break them down. And I called her and we talked, we would have conversations. And I was like, Hey, look, I want us to win MVP, Uh, you know, and I want us to do everything and, you know, and, I just spoke it into existence. We're going to win MVP. We're going to win finals MVP. We're going to do it all. And, but it took me two months. Yeah. And, um, and, but that year she won finals MVP and MVP of the regular season. And I (laughs) felt good about it. And um, that was something. so, and it just, so every success that you get, whether it's, you're working out with Sophia Young and she has her first 28 point game or 30 point game in two years, something like that you take pride in it and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you, and so now you become more meticulous in, in your approach and, and more, you know, uh, honed in and focused on how you get these players better. And um, that was just like a main focus for me, especially when I was given a task to help the players get better.
1: 100%. And I imagine like, When you're going into a season and and you're working with Sylvia Fowles, a a legend in the league, you have to have a level of confidence, too, in what you're doing in order to bring out that level of play in a player that great.
0: I mean, it's crazy because I was coming from San Antonio and we were were coming from a rebuild and Uh automatically we go, I'm coming to a team that's like, we lost in the finals, we want to win championships. (laughs) you know? So it's like, okay. Uh, I remember the first time I did a scout report and, you know, normally the coaches, the coaches that are more relaxed, they sit down and they talk you through it. I was standing up with the computer. I was so nervous. It was crazy. (laughs) I was so so nervous and I was, and so my thing was, okay. Um, I just got to bring some good energy and build confidence Uh for seal and just help her feel like the superwoman that she is. Yeah. And so we, and I mean, kudos to Sylvia because she came with energy every day. Mm -hmm. And you know, a player that accomplished, they don't have to come to work like that every day. Mm -hmm. And she came every single day. And so it's no mistake on why she's so great uh, because people don't see that part. They just see the accolades. They see she has good games, but they don't see that she comes to practice with that rigor, like every single day, when you got players like her, we got players like Candace Parker mm-hmm. who has a has a level that's you know that's unmatched right you know? Candice has a level that's unmatched, and it's like that's the hard part about being a head coach is that she has an assistant coach that's her workout guy and it and I can't be that no more, you know <laughs> so you know like. So I can't work out Candice like that anymore because I'm the head coach. So I got to you know, but uh, you just see that level of professionalism, that talent level that like and you're amazed and uh, they they definitely make coaches better coaches. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's no accident that the coaches that work with them are the are the successful ones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It has it has something to do with with you all too, I imagine. But before you got to the sky, and you know, again, something I've learned in so many conversations and interviews is just like how interconnected the WNBA is, and it's I guess pretty obvious just given the size of the league right now. It's it's obvious that you all will know each other and have worked with each other Mm -hmm. at some point, and and all of that. But You know, something you told me during the final series was that you interviewed for an assistant position with the Sky before taking the assistant position with the Minnesota Lynx. So I wonder if you could take us back to that moment and why you felt like you had to take this detour before, you know, putting yourself in position to to take a, a role as as the head coach and the GM.
0: So, I mean, I knew that like I wouldn't. Um, I, I don't know. Like, so when the assistant coaching job, I was looking for a job in the WNBA after San Antonio. And for a few weeks I like, like, I, like I said before, we we thought I wasn't going to be in the WNBA. We didn't know where I was going to, where I was going to end up. And I started to get a few calls and uh, Amber was really like, I, I really appreciated uh, her uh, mm-hmm. because she really was, like really focused in and honed in on like me becoming her assistant coach. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was, I appreciated it. Um, And she offered me a contract. Uh, I talked to Michael Alter at the time, um, you know, about being an assistant. Like he called me, she had Michael call me and um, it was, we were there, like we were there. I, I was like, give me, 48 hours to think about it, but we, we talked about the, you know, the everything, like deals, where I would stay, this, that, all this stuff. We talked about a lot of stuff, and, um, uh, we were really locked in to, um, going on to Chicago, and Mm -hmm. then at the, I guess the, the next day, or like, right at the 48th, 48th hour, um, uh, Dan called and said, Hey, you know, um, Cheryl's been trying to contact you. And she called, she actually called me on, on another phone that I had, but that wasn't on, uh-huh. uh, because I was overseas and, um, she left me a message and that message had been there for like three days.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, James! Yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't know. I had that no is idea. Like my Dang.
1: biggest fear that I'm going to like miss a call. Uh, and, and it's going to be like you or Candace or someone saying something exclusive. And I'm going to and then it's going to end yeah. up on someone else's paper.
0: Yeah. And she left me a message. And so when I heard the message, I was like, because oh. at the point where like this is like I came in the league when sh- when Minnesota went on their run. Like uh-huh. that's like right when I came in the league. And I was like, so Cheryl was like, I like i never spoken two words to her. Uh-huh. like I never as a opposing coach and never like, hi, anything. So for her to actually call my phone was like, you gotta be effing kidding me. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> Especially, and I'm not in the league. Like, I'm like, what in the hell? She, so when she left me a message, I called like right back and, um, and she was like, yeah, we want to um, interview you. want to, you know, fly you here and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> and, um, I called, I called Chicago and Amber and I was like, Hey, could you give me a little bit more time? Like, give me a little bit more time. Like I'm talking to somebody else I just, you know, just give me like 48 hours or whatever. And I, I went there and we had a, uh, nice conversation and everything went great. And, uh, she showed me around and, um, I, I remember calling Amber from the, uh, you know, from the airport on the way back home and saying, Hey, look, like I appreciate the offer. Like, Mm -hmm. and if, you know, if it was this opportunity that I'm about to get was, you know, um, because she, they had offered me the job at that point. And I was (laughs) like, if any, if any other, if, if any other opportunity was, you know, like, but this is a dream opportunity for me. And, um, you know, I decided that I was going to take it and, um, and, and that was that. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. It was funny because we started the season off in 2017. We started off just killing. Like, we were like, I don't know, seven, eight, no, or whatever. And we played Chicago and Chicago, and they beat us by 30.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. They beat us by 30. Like, we were in first place, and Chicago, like, whooped us.
1: And did Amber, and, like, give you a subtle wave from the bench? Was she, like, he- head nod from the bench or anything, or no?
0: No, 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 no no she didn't she didn't she she understood but she was yeah. happy I tell you that much. she was happy and um like I was like man I mean we were still in first place afterwards yeah. but it was just to get beat by 30 was like we were what? like um, and everybody scored like I still remember like the it was a player Epps from Kentucky who uh was a rookie and she even scored like it was like it was like oh it was hard. I'll never forget that game but it all worked out in the end, and I was able to uh get a lot of gain a lot of knowledgeable like experience and uh accomplish a lot of things in minnesota and it you know it doesn't get away from you how much great players make you a a a good coach or a better coach i would say mm-hmm. um, and so I needed that like I needed to. Uh, see Lindsay Whalen, Simone Augustus, Maya Moore, Rebecca Bronson, Sylvia Fowles. I needed to see their approach. I needed to see how they responded to my coaching. Um, I needed to gain that trust. Like, I needed to have all that. Um, and I needed to see how Cheryl coached them and how mm-hmm. she got the best out of them. And I needed to win a championship and go through the mud with them uh, in order to be ready for this job. So it all worked out.
1: Divine timing. You know, you got to trust trust the plan. It's like yeah. what we were saying earlier. When you're aligned with what you're supposed to be aligned with, you just got to trust the plan and keep chipping away at it. So That's right. You know, you never worked for Amber or, or on Amber's staff. And before Amber, there was Pokey Chapman here in Chicago. And, and these are right. two incredible coaches in the WNBA and in the Chicago Sky organization specifically. So even though right. your guys' careers weren't, weren't shared in the same time frame. Can you explain how, how their success with the sky and, and what they, what they brought to the sky then allowed you to, to be successful with the sky when you arrived in 2019?
0: So I've, I've always had a lot of respect for Pokey. My wife played for her in uh-huh. uh, Russia. So I've, I've known Pokey for a while and um, she, you know, I always identified her with Chicago because she was such, you know, she was such a hard nosed hard nosed coach. And those teams that she coached were, were hard nosed. So, um, I think, you know, the fact that she was able to go, go through the draft and draft Courtney Vanderslude and kind of shake, give, you know, kind of give, uh, Quigley that second life where, with that just legitimized her as, as a all star talent. Um, and, you know, the moves that Amber made, uh, to actually get the players in here, um, when, a lot of people maybe thought that Washington won the trade, uh, you know, with, with the Deladon trade. Now people are maybe thinking different, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes those are how those things work out where uh, coaches that make moves for now in the future, they're probably not going to get celebrated um, at that point in time, especially when it takes a while to get there. Uh, but, you know, I would be beside myself if I didn't state how, their moves uh, contributed to to our championship um, this year. You know, uh, from the growth of of, of Courtney uh, Vandersloot into the star that that maybe you know Pokey saw uh, when she was watching her in Gonzaga. <laughs> and Gonzaga, uh, and you know from 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 what you know Amber saw in Kai and saying, "Hey, this is good enough," and Steph, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, "This is good enough," Kai and Steph, and saying, "This is good enough to help win us a championship." And Mm -hmm. so, uh, those, those are bold moves. Those are bold moves. You know, Slew went third, uh, you know, not coming from, you know, one of the power five conferences, she went third pick and, uh, for pokey to say, Hey, this is my point guard, especially when you have point guards that were in the draft from power five conferences, like Danielle Robinson or Jasmine Thomas. And, you know, and she said, this is it. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's no drop off because in that same draft we have Maya Moore, Liz Cambage, and then you go with Sloop, and right. so you know what I mean. And so that's like for me, that's that, I mean that's that's gutsy from from uh, from somebody, and not easy. Those are not easy moves, and uh, you know you you saw the growth in Sloop while she was there, and you saw the you saw more growth in Sloop uh, when Amber took over. So. No, I, I mean, I, I always, when people talk about it, I, I, I'm i always uh, very appreciative of, of the moves that they made. And um, hopefully I can just keep on making good moves and getting players here that can keep the success going.
1: It's that confidence that you talked about of, of like when you're working at something and you're investing the time in and you're chipping away, like your confidence and your decision builds. And so whatever anyone else thinks is like, background noise so pokey had yeah. that confidence to to yeah. select slu and amber had that confidence to to make that trade and and you know draft diamond and and all these other moves that were made so yeah the messages have have confidence in in your decisions and the decisions you make so that brings us to this championship season and, you know, I, I don't know for anyone that's followed this, the skies coverage with the Sun times, this was my first year covering the team as the beat reporter. And I remember when, you know, when you guys signed Candace that immediately in Chicago, like I remember where I was, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I remember that day and I remember instantly everybody was like the sky are going to win it. The sky are going to win a championship Mm -hmm. and to have championship talk back in Chicago, you know, when you're talking about professional basketball, it it just brings up so, so much history because the last team to win a championship here was the Chicago bulls. And we all know the the guys that were on that team. So, (laughs) so, you know, when you, when you made that move and signed Candace as, as a GM, what were your thoughts? You know, were you thinking, man, I just did that. And then as the coach, like, what were your thoughts after, after signing her?
0: Uh, No, I mean, the furthest thing from my mind is probably me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, I, so I, so I did think, man, we got, we got Candace. Like that was a big, like, we got her. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. I, and I, I kind of credit it to, you know, the players and the culture we had. Uh-huh. And so because like if you're Candace Parker and you are, you know, you've been the face of a franchise, especially one of the most recognizable franchises for more for more than the last 10 years, um, then for you to leave a place. That means, one, the players um, have to be, like, good <laughs> or trustworthy. Right. And, uh, and, and, two, the culture has to be good. It means you're not going into a messy situation or, or an environment that you don't see desirable. Right. And so that made, that's what I felt good about is that um, she helped legitimize how people see our franchise. Mm-hmm. Because so many people follow her. And so if, you know, it's like, I don't know if you see all these, you know, good movie critics coming out of a movie, you're going to say, oh, yeah, so this movie, it, it, it has to be good. You know, it <laughs> has to be good. Like, this has to be good. Or, or you see all these famous people coming out of this great restaurant. You're like, yeah, this restaurant's good. You trust it. And so that, that's what it made me feel about how people saw our franchise after, you know, like. You know, they're, they're a good franchise. They, they, they have some good stuff going on because Candace Parker chose us. So um, that's how I felt. I, I didn't really – I don't really correlate these things with me at all, you know. Uh, I'm kind of like a spectator. Um, yeah, like even, you know, when it comes to winning the championship, I just look at it like that's, that's what they said. to. They was like, you know, when we got in the locker room. I, didn't even, I hadn't even touched the trophy yet.
1: Oh, my uh, gosh.
0: Yeah. So I, it was funny. I, I mean, I, the trophy had been somewhere everywhere and I was like, OK, I, I didn't realize I hadn't trust. I hadn't touched the trophy and snoot or somebody was like, you can touch the trophy now, You can touch the trophy now. So it was pretty funny.
1: Well, I mean, you had to have a little bit to do with it. You're the coach and GM like James, this, you, you your hands were all over this. You, no, you I, I don't.
0: I'm not saying I don't feel that. I, I mean, I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm, I, or, you know, I just, I just don't look at it like that, I, but I'm not saying it's not the case. Okay. Uh, but I, I'm, but I'm just saying that I don't look at it that way. Uh, it's a lot of people that have their hands in it. That's not going to probably get talked about, um, the assistant coaches, the trainers and like, so like they, like all those things have to go right and everybody has to pull their weight and, um, they did, you know, and, um, like our assistant coaches were amazing. Like right. they were amazing. And they compliment me. They, they're the ones that keep me kind of grounded. And um, they do a great job with the players as well. So it was really cool.
1: Tanya was a coach that you talked about in the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. you mentioned, I mean, you talked about her th- throughout the year and, and her importance along with the rest of your staff. And, but what, one moment you brought Tanya up was during you know, the losing streak. And, and you mentioned her, her message to the team during that streak because she also was part of a team that, that experienced a tough streak and then turned things around to play in the WNBA Finals, the Charlotte Sting. And I, I just wonder how important her influence or her message, her experience being part of the Charlotte Sting then was to the team in that, in that moment. Now looking back on it.
0: So, no, so it was really important because we were going through the streak and I'm, I mean, it's only natural that you lose some collective confidence, uh-huh. never saying that our, our team never went away. Like everybody believed, like right? Everyone believed. And that was the good thing about us. Uh, but, you know, after going, sometimes your morale can get down, you know, like it's normal, like your morale gets down. And so. They always came into work. They're very professional, always like being around each other. But at some point, you want to see wins string together.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: so I think after the sixth or after the seventh win, after we came, I think it was maybe after we came back from Los Angeles. So that was after the seventh loss. Um, Tanya, who's like, she's, she brings good energy every day. Uh, but she's only like really stopped and talked to the team like while the coaches had to listen and everything maybe six times, you know, all year where it was. And what she says is so profound that it's like, okay, Tanya's talking, everybody listen, you know? (laughs) And um, so she's in the circle. She spoke on um, what, what she experienced in Charlotte and uh, you know, it was, it was really like an important message Uh, on how they turn it around and sometimes um it's it's a little bit different from faith you know because faith you believe in it without seeing it but something that reinforces faith is when you've already seen it before
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so and so you know for for them to hear like hey look this is what happened when i was a, a player you know, this is what happened. When I was a player, I played on this team. We went through this rough patch. You th- you think losing seven in a row is bad? Try losing 11 out of 12, you know? <sighs> you know, like, that's tough, you know? And so she said, but we turned it around. We went on this streak. Well, we lost 11 out of 12. And, but then after we won, uh, 11 out of 12. Mm-hmm. And that was funny how she said that or how she praised it because it was kind of exactly what we did. We lost seven in a row, won seven in And this was before we won seven in a row. And she was like, this is what can happen, ladies. If you believe, if you continue to work, you continue to, you know, um, focus on the details. uh, Every day, we're going to turn this thing around. Mm -hmm. We're going to turn this thing around. And, but you have to do it. Like, you have to do it. You have to push each other. And you have to listen. You have to hold each other accountable. And she just went into this you know, long, you know, long speech that was like very on point and it made you believe. And, you know, Tanya, she has that kind of voice of, you know, when she talks, she's talking from experience, so we need to listen. And um, it's something that uh, when she says something like this, I don't want to mess up by saying something afterwards. So I just bring us up into the huddle. (laughs) I was like, okay, everybody you know like you can't like you can't follow you know like I don't want to follow that uh so when she says it I don't follow it up I just say well said bring it up into the huddle and the players because they're such a good group and they support each other so much they listen and they hear it uh-huh. and that's 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 the one thing that I think is uh different you know yeah, and it's pretty awesome
1: that reminds me of of a post game interview I think it was uh, in the semifinals, Kalia or Cornea just finished speaking and Kalia just goes tough follow and like the entire room yeah. just bust yeah. out laughing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's so interesting because like women's sports like we we as an American society have so much conditioning that that needs to be broken and when it comes to women in sports and women's sports, there's this stupid idea that like people are gonna show up to something that isn't invested in, isn't marketed, isn't, isn't like lift uplifted. And that's just so moronic. Like we wouldn't expect there's there's a quote, and I'm gonna totally Fuck it up. Excuse my language. But um, <laughs> that we wouldn't expect like a flower to to grow or to bloom if we're not watering it. And it's the same right, with right. women's sports and and with women in general, like we can't expect a, a group of individuals who have been told and taught that they're less than to, to be successful unless we change the conditioned thinking and, and the way that we treat we treat it and respect it. So yeah. it, it was really great to see uh, this game embrace the way it, it should be embraced. It's, it's a premier product. It's, it's, it's professional sports at its finest and people right. showed up for it the way that they should. So that was really exciting. And, you know, in a championship season, I guess, you know, kind of looking back, people always, say or comment on like a turning point. Like, oh, there was this turning point in the season. And then and then I guess this is just the writer and me talking. But yeah, things, <laughs> things get written of like, oh, yeah, the, this turning point happened and then they just took off or whatever. And I feel like for the sky, it wasn't there wasn't really a, a one single turning point. It was kind of like a bunch of turning points. And and there was never right. one single moment that was like, OK, wow. Now they're, now they're going to be this championship team. And I wonder, as a coach, if that's accurate to say, one. And two, if the fact that, yeah, there was a bunch of hurdles that you guys continued to have to climb over helped you then when the semifinals came and the finals came?
0: Uh, I think so. I, I, I can say, without a doubt, um, without a doubt, those... Uh, You know, those hurdles that we had to go through or go over early in the season um, really helped build our character and really helped build our belief because we we knew what hole we were putting ourselves in once we lost. And we also knew once we started winning what it would take to win and the differences between the two because we went from a seven-game losing streak to a seven-game winning streak. And so you, 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 can, you can compare and contrast like right then and there. And then once we got to the end of the season and we kind of, you know, uh, jogged through the end of the season, <laughs> to, to the, we, we, we understood like what we had to do um, as a unit to kind of turn it around. And having that success like midway through the season uh, only reinforced our beliefs. So uh, it, was a, it was, you know, the good and the bad helped contribute to the good
1: that day when when you finally did it when the buzzer sounded the confetti comes down you guys see the trophy you're sharing that moment on the court like and now you get to you get to own that for this whole year you guys are the champs and Chicago is is a championship city once again what is the feeling how do you describe that
0: uh it's it's a little bit of everywhere I mean um so, I, I guess sometimes it's, it's, it's a humbling feeling. Like, you, you can't believe, like, this is the city of Chicago. We brought uh, a trophy here, and it's gonna it's last forever. They can't take it from you. And, and then I have my Muhammad Ali moments where I, I told y'all, like, I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I have those moments too where I told you I was gonna going win. And that's the that's the first thing I said like when I when I was interviewed that I wanted to bring a championship to this city. And I was gonna do what it took to to bring it. And so but those are just moments. I don't stay in those moments. Mm-hmm. The, the rest most of the moments are just like I guess uh More humbling, where I just I'm like very happy for the city of Chicago, very happy for the fans and for the extended staff that work here, for the players. Like my thing is like for I I appreciate their feelings, so I'm really occupied with how they feel. Mm -hmm. Because I I I I felt I was confident in it. So for the people that were like wondering, like could we? I feel for them. Like I I appreciate you know, having to do it for them. Mm -hmm. I already knew it. So,
1: you know, everyone from the outside has their opinions on, on a hometown kid bringing a championship to their hometown. And, and, but, but none of us really know what it actually takes. I mean, let's be real, unless, unless you're a professional athlete yourself or you're a coach or you're, you know, actually contributing to that, like, you really can't comment on, on exactly what it takes, the challenges that it takes to accomplish that. But just the, the small number of times that it's happened obviously speaks to exactly how hard it is for a professional athlete to come home and win a championship, let alone win it in their first year back. And Candace Parker did that. As a professional athlete, athlete a former professional athlete and and a coach in this league uh-huh. can you speak to exactly how challenging that is and and candace parker's greatness for having done it
0: uh i think it's challenging because <laughs> I like she talked about her story being told mm-hmm. um and i think if you you ask uh, people. Uh, If you ask people, um, I think a lot of people felt that she wasn't uh, good enough to actually lead a team to a championship or she wasn't, you know, um, she she just, she didn't have it, you know? Mm -hmm. And If you look at the games, if you know the game, you see her, you know how special she is. And, you know, she still has a lot of basketball there if you look Mm -hmm. at the game. And, you know, and you can't really go by what people say or how she's portrayed because she's a generational talent. And it's not like I'm a one-time all-star, two-time. She's generational. So that means that you're probably not going to see another player like her Mm -hmm. for a long time you know, for a long time. And, and so when she was in college, you know, Chicago was a a very new franchise, like a very new franchise. And, um, so when she was growing up, she didn't have women's basketball, professional basketball in her city. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and so, you know, her watching the Bulls and all that growing up and identifying with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen and all and Ron Harper and all these people. Um it was probably big for her. She didn't have that female figure to actually go, you know, out of her house and kind of go watch play. And and so when you are doing that especially in in another another city, it all, you when you come home you never have the opportunity but to play in front of your hometown maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. And so it's always special, always special. And so to actually be able to come and do it and at the same time prove that you're still who you are, it's just amazing within itself. And to do it, mm-hmm. like to do it get to the finals. Hey, that's great. Get to the playoffs. Hey, that's great. But to actually get over that mountaintop as bringing a trophy home to get over a mountaintop as showing you, you're still, you know, that, that, that player, like you're still that person is like amazing to, you know, tie the game um, in a clutch moment with two minutes to go. And we never go down again uh-huh. and get the securing rebound. Like it's, like if that, 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 those are movie moments. <laughs> those are, I mean, you can make a, you can make a movie about this whole season right. and her, and it would be must see TV.
1: Honestly, I think one day that there's going to be a movie. I, I really think there will be one day. Cause this, this season was, was iconic. It was just an sure. unbelievable sure. roller coaster, And you know, you just. And I, and I can't
0: wait to Denzel plays me. It'll be great.
1: James is talking about it already. Denzel is going to play him in the movie version. Um, that's hilarious. Uh, wrapping up here, I just have a few more questions for you. But but you mentioned uh, a, a moment in in game four, Candace ties it up and you guys never go down again. A moment that stood out to me from my vantage point was when Candace hit that three in the third quarter that like brought the brought the crowd back to life. She like looked around. It was like in slow motion. She like looked around the arena like y'all better get up. This game isn't over yet. And (laughs) um, and so I wonder just, you know, thinking about the entire series, what moments really stand out to you? I know there's got to be like even me just asking that. I know I know a handful just jumped in your mind. So what what were some of your favorite finals moments?
0: Uh, whew. let me see. Favorite finals moments in the finals. Um, I don't know. You can name a few of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Ka, and in in, in in game one was amazing. Uh-huh. Uh Sloop. I mean, not turning over the ball. Um, you know, game game two, us us fighting back and. Sloop doing that move on, on Skyler to tie the game that, mm-hmm. you know, pull back and lay it up over BG. Um, game three, Ka having 20 points in the first half. Right. <laughs> having 20 points in the first half. Dana bring the crowd to their feet, you know, um, and game four, uh, Candace hitting that three. Uh, so, and a special moment for me was, uh, before, um, when I I talked to Steph and just said, "Hey, you're gonna be re- you're gonna be big the next series. We're gonna need you."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Steph looking me in my eyes, deadpan, and saying, "You know, I got you. I I got you. I, I'll be ready." And so so her having that moment at the end of the game where she makes those two. To drop. those are shots she did she didn't make against connecticut those two shots she didn't make against connecticut and a part of that was was on me because she was she didn't have the same rhythm so she's a rhythm shooter and i i wasn't allowing her to have the rhythm against connecticut um that maybe i should have and um so So she got those shots against Connecticut and she didn't, she didn't make them. And, you know, that's, you know, that you have to, players have to be confident in those situations and, and maybe need to be playing a little bit more. And she wasn't playing as much to kind of have that rhythm and have that confidence. Mm -hmm. And so, and so the fact that she was in the next series and she got those two shots and it, and it, those two shots, they bounced on the rim on the back of the rim and they went in because she had confidence. She had her touch, she had her rhythm. Uh, that 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 was amazing for me. That she was in at that moment, and we were actually playing like hot potato on who goes in between her and Z. It was <laughs> it was pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, James, this this is the perfect transition into a tougher series of questions that's going to wrap up our <laughs> our conversation. But you know, <laughs> we're here and we got to ask. You know, you you wear this dual hat and and right. you do it well coach and GM and this offseason this free agency period is is going to be big for for Chicago and and right. you know there's only two players under under uh, contract and that's Candace and Azare correct
0: No uh Ruthie oh, and right. Dana Oh right yeah
1: Ruthie and Dana too sorry sorry about oh, the
0: young You know what? I'm about- listen
1: I listen that was disrespectful I apologize for So Candace Ruthie Azare and Dana and you know obviously there's a lot of talk about Kalia and then you got Corney and, and Allie, what's going to happen there. But, but, you know, you just brought her up Steph and, and how do you see Steph's future in Chicago working out? Is it going to be possible to keep this entire team together realistically?
0: Yeah, I think, it, I think anything's possible. And of course we want Steph, you know, like we told her that uh, during the exit meeting, she knows that she's valuable to us um, you know, and, uh, and she's just, she and, the, and her teammates love her. Like, uh-huh. um, I was listening to, uh, like I listened to a master class um, of Gina Oriema um, uh, throughout the playoffs. And he talked about, you know, he talked about just different experiences and stuff. And he praised Steph on how great her energy was mm-hmm. like every day. She was just that person. And, um, no, so I, I get to reap the the benefits of that because we got that this year, and and um, so I I, uh, I I I love that about I love that about uh, Steph, and I I just I want her to be here. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's something that you know the GM has to has to get done. You know. But you know, unfortunately for you, you're talking to the coach right now. So
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check back in with with the <laughs> with the GM. I spoke to Allie too just the other day. Allie said, you know, she's given herself about a month or so before she starts thinking too much about her future and and whether that you know includes another season in the WNBA or or you know hanging it up, which is absolutely impossible to imagine. But mm-hmm. she did say that if she's playing in the WNBA she only wants to be playing with the Sky and she said that you All guys right. talked about that in your in your exit interview. And so my question for you is this, you know, you've coached her for a few years here and overseas. Mm-hmm. So how much does mm-hmm. Allie have left to give the WNBA and 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 the league as as a player?
0: I mean, so <laughs> you say that you say that when we're down 14 and she kind of bring us back and yeah. have 26 or, or, or whatever points in, in the final game. She's the leading scorer in, in, um, in the finals. She's the leading scorer in the finals. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that gets overlooked because of the great teammates that she plays with. But she was our leading scorer in the finals, and we don't win this without Allie going off in a game where you had to. And so – like, in the, in the first three games, she did, she shot the ball, but she didn't shoot the ball well from three.
1: Mm-hmm. And so,
0: in Allie Quigley is synonymous with threes, like, you know. And But she did other things well. Like, she was able to score the ball. She was able to get to the free throw line. She was able to get mid-range, get into the lane. And we knew that at some point she was going to go off because she's Allie Quigley, the greatest shooter ever lived. Right. And so, for her to show that in the final... Mm-hmm clinching game, um, you know, with 26 points, it's like, you got to come back after that, right? Even Jordan came back after, after he, he came back in Washington, but he came back because it's like, he knew he had more left, you know? So, I mean, so I, is I, that we,
1: confirmation? Is Allie Quigley coming back? Did you? No, is I that can't
0: con- confirm that. I cannot <laughs> confirm that. I cannot confirm that. But uh, whatever she does, um, I'm going to support her, but of course we will want her back. And, um, she, she, she so much makes me a better coach and a better play caller because, um, she's just, man, she's just a special, she appreciates the little things, the way she moves off the ball. And, right. Um, like it's, it's just, um, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I haven't even thought about that her not coming back, but, um, you know, I know at some point it's going to be a reality, Hopefully later than sooner. I'm her coach till so she says I'm not her coach anymore, you know. So I just I I I, I wanna coach Allie until she doesn't want to play anymore. But I hope that's later than sooner.
1: Can fans assume that that Courtney too will be back in a sky jersey, or is it is it wrong to assume anything?
0: No, assume it. As long as I'm coaching, I'm gonna do everything for both of them to be back in sky jerseys. Like I'm I it's like no way around it at all. I can't, you know, it's it's hard for me not to 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 not coach them. Like I couldn't see them. As long as they're playing basketball, I I I want to be their coach. So
1: Well there, there it is. There you go. Obviously, the the talk of the town, Miss Kalia Copper. Yeah. That's that she is she's worked so hard. It's been so enjoyable to watch uh, her her excel as a player and you know now now she's she's gonna partake in an exciting free agency period so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be go straight for it is Kalia Copper gonna get a max contract offer from the Chicago Sky can you even say (laughs) yes or no to that right now I don't know if that's
0: Kalia Kalia Copper is gonna get a check you know and she just signed it she's all she got to do is just spill it out so she'll be all right. She'll be and, all right.
1: And is it, is it a priority for the sky to get her, get her back?
0: Of course, of course she's a priority. Like we, she doesn't like, you don't like you see what she was able to do for us all year, not just in the finals, but uh-huh. what she was able to do for us, like the last three years that I've been here, like the last three years. So mm-hmm. the first year, like the first year was even more impactful. Um, uh, then the second and 3rd I'm not going to say more, but Mm -hmm. it was just as impactful because you knew the type of person she was. So she never complained.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, She just came off the bench and she came and she played hard every day and she never complained. Mm -hmm. Like never. She worked hard and she just kept going, kept pushing, kept pushing at times. She thought she should play more. She supported her teammates. You never saw her on the bench, pouting, always cheering for her teammates. And then when it was her turn in 2020, she took advantage. Like it's the perfect story. She
1: mm-hmm. took advantage
0: of it in 2020, and you know, uh, did what she had to do and led us uh, from an emotional from an emotional point of view uh, when she was, you know, uh, in the bubble and and you know, everything was different, moods were different, people weren't seeing their families and stuff like that. And then in 2021, she she. I mean, she had a run like no other, um, and she kept it going. And I think people were waiting on, okay, I think people came into 2021 saying, hey, she had a good year last year, Mm -hmm. you know, great. And for her to take it up another level and not be satisfied was even more amazing. And so now when you think of the Chicago Sky, you think of her, and you're going to always say, you know, you, you, you have these players that you put in jerseys. And so you think of KFC, you think of, you know, you like you think of, you think of Chicago Sky. Right. Like they, they go together. So, uh, and then like Sludin and Candice and Allie, you know, just like we talked about them, it's the same. So um, I don't, I don't see her wearing another jersey.
1: Well, man, I, I'm looking forward to season two covering this team. And, yeah. you know, Last but not least, I wanted to talk about Diamond, and I got to ca- catch up with her, you know, about a week ago. So I wonder if you could could share with me, share with us a little bit how your exit interview went with Diamond and, and the confidence you have in her to, to grow into, to continue growing into the player that I think everybody has seen her be and also, you know, has expected her to be.
0: No, I mean, I'm... C- confident in our entire roster and I'm, uh-huh. I'm confident in her um like now you just have to work it's not like it's and i and this is what i echoed to her i mean we didn't talk about any starting or anything like that right uh we just talked about how she can get better um and it's 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 all about the work um so um, yeah i mean she she knows that she has she has work to do and we want her to be her better self. And she has to be confident in doing that. Like, that's, I think that's the main thing. Like, she has to put in the work. I'm not saying that she's not a hard worker. Uh, it's just it, it has to, it has to trans- translate to what, what we see. Like, what we see. You have to see it. And um, that was our main thing. We just we, – we want her to work. We want mm-hmm. her to work. We're confident that she can get back to the player that she was. Um, and you know, you saw spurts like little streaks of it. Um, but we want her to be consistent and, and, and it's, it, and for us, it's just about how much work you put in. That's how much you are going to get out. And it has to be so consistent, uh, that it becomes what you are.
1: James, I appreciate your time as always this season, man. I mean, as far as journalism careers go, I couldn't have predicted this in my wildest dreams. It was so exciting. I grew up 20 miles from, from the city. So covering this team for the Chicago sun times was like a pinch me dream come true moment for me. So, Hey, thanks for, thanks for taking me, me on the ride. And thanks for coming on the first episode of equal play.